This is Kick-Ass News. I'm Ben Mathis. Hey folks, I hope you'll spread the word about Kick-Ass News and share us with at least two friends this week. Or better yet, share Kick-Ass News with all your friends on Facebook or Twitter. And if you really want to help, donate to our GoFundMe campaign at GoFundMe.com slash KickAssNews. Thanks for listening, and now enjoy the podcast. Hi, I'm Ben Mathis, and welcome to Kick-Ass News. Just in time for graduation season, today I'm talking with one of the most memorable commencement speakers in recent memory. In 2015, film director John Waters delivered a gleefully subversive speech to the graduates of the Rhode Island School of Design, or RISD. The speech which advised young people to eavesdrop, listen to their enemies, and horrify us with new ideas went viral in part because it was so brilliantly on point about making a living as a creative person. John Waters has written a book based on that famous speech, and it makes a great gift for any graduate. It's called Make Trouble. John Waters has been making trouble his whole life, both famous and infamous for his films that embrace bad taste, celebrate transgressive counterculture, and make heroes out of outsiders. He began by making silent 8mm and 16mm films in the mid-1960s, using his quirky band of friends as his cast. He screened these films in rented Baltimore church halls to underground audiences drawn by word of mouth and a guerrilla marketing campaign that consisted mostly of street leaflets. As his filmmaking grew more polished and his subject matter more shocking, his audiences grew bigger and his write-ups in the Baltimore papers were more and more outraged. By the mid-1970s, he was making features, which he managed to get shown in midnight screenings at art cinemas by sheer perseverance, and his first hit came with the 1963 film Pink Flamingos, described as a deliberate exercise in ultra-bad taste. Waters continued to make low-budget shocking movies with his Dreamland Repertory Company until Hollywood crossover success came with Hairspray in 1988. And although his more recent movies like Crybaby, Serial Mom, Cecil B. Demented, and A Dirty Shame appeared cleaned up and professional, they retain Waters' playfulness and reflect his lifelong obsessions. In addition to his work behind the camera, John Waters is an unmistakable character actor who you've probably seen in The Simpsons, Frasier, and most recently in the FX miniseries Feud as well as memorable guest appearances on Saturday Night Live, The Daily Show, The Late Show with David Letterman, Late Night with Conan O'Brien, and The Colbert Report. He's also an accomplished artist, the star of a hit one-man show that regularly tours the U.S. and abroad, and author of seven books, including the New York Times bestsellers Role Models and Car Sick, and his latest book, Make Trouble. Today, he joins me to talk about his career in film, some of his inspirations, and why he considers his biggest commercial success to be his most subversive film. In a discussion that may surprise some creative types, John Waters throws cold water on the romanticization of the tortured artist, extols the virtues of a healthy work ethic, and advises that Hollywood and rich people are not the enemy. In fact, in an age when everyone seems to want to be an outsider— John Waters says maybe it's more daring to be an insider. Plus, we talk political correctness, why everyone needs a youth spy, and the origins of his famous pencil-thin mustache. 
Coming up with Baltimore's favorite son, the Baron of Bad Taste, filmmaker, artist, and author John Waters in just a moment. Filmmaker, actor, artist, and author John Waters has been called the Prince of Puke and the People's Perv for his films that celebrate bad taste. They've included such cult classics as Pink Flamingos, Serial Mom, Crybaby, Polyester, and Hairspray, which was later turned into a hit Broadway musical. He is the author of seven books, among them the New York Times bestsellers Role Models and Carsick. He regularly performs his one-man spoken word shows in the United States and abroad, and he guest stars in one of my all-time favorite Simpsons episodes. He has a new book called Make Trouble. Mr. Waters, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Well, before we get into the book, I just want to say how delighted I was to see you playing William Castle, the yeah. Scream King on Feud on it was FX. Exciting. I had to keep that secret for months because we shot it in LA, but a few months ago, and it was just yeah. myself and Jessica Lang and all those extras. <laughs> those extras were good. They didn't snitch. None of them tweeted yeah. it or anything. It was good. It was what, a good what secret. What theater did they, did y'all shoot that in? Ooh, was it the yeah. Fox, maybe? Or I, okay. you know what? I forget where it was because okay. they just pick me up and take me there. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah, uh, I, uh, it was downtown LA. It was a oh, beautiful okay. old theater. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's like there's a Los Angeles theater. There's the I don't Orpheum, know if you said it. I wouldn't know. House. But I think yeah. this is the okay. same place, maybe where I got the Glad Award or some big gay okay. award once, and I I think it was that theater. Okay. Okay. But well, I never come a... in the front, so I don't I don't <laughs> yeah. know. You know, I think the Bobby Kennedy entrance. Yeah. Well, he was a big inspiration of yours, not Bobby Kennedy. Well, maybe Bobby Kennedy. Well, I but liked Bobby Kennedy. William yeah. Castle. Um, I like William Moore. It was more of an influence. Yeah. Yeah. Did you grow up watching like 13 Ghosts, oh, House on Haunted Hill? Oh, every one of them. I still that. have. I have the yeah. original instructions how to put the uh, buzzers under the seat for the projectionist. That's a really rare really? collectible. Now, was I that for met the... his uh, widow. I, I wrote about him. I wrote the introduction to his autobiography when it was right. released. And Terry Castle wrote me a lovely note after <laughs> showing saying how it made her father proud, which was very sweet. The buzzers were those for the Tingler. Yes. was that what it mm -hmm. was? Yeah. Okay, Percepto, I believe. It Did was you called. see that in the theater? Yes. the original theater. See, but I, well, yeah. when it got to my movie theater, they only had about three seats wide. But I found them. <laughs> you found the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, now it never made sense to me because I watched it on VHS. And suddenly Vincent Price, you know, what is he? What is the line he says? He says the Tingler is loose in the theater now. Scream, you know Scream. that movie, The it Tingler. Never, I never understood it. <laughs> Mentions LSD, and it was filmed in 1958, which is pretty yeah. amazing. Nobody knew what LSD was for 10 years after that. <laughs> yeah. You have this great new book called Make Trouble, and. I guess it's a speech. Commencement speech. Yeah, yeah. it's a commencement speech that you gave at uh, Oral Roberts University. No, not or... no, RISD. Hardly <laughs> Oral Roberts. Liber Liberty right. University? No, RISD, a very, very good art school. Yeah, Rhode Island uh, School, school of, of Design. Design. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it went viral, which I was happy about. You know, I could tell it went over well. And and then they came and asked me to do a book of it, an illustrated book, which I really love. Eric Hansen did the illustrations, the same person that did the cover of my book, Role Models. So I'm really happy to work with him again. And it is, uh, yeah, I'm a gift book. Who would have ever imagined? Uh, <laughs> but it's a book that you can give anybody. They could be graduating from 
AA. They could be graduating <laughs> yeah. from. Uh, f- me- you just got out of a mental institution. Yeah. Like a lot of things you can graduate from. <laughs> yeah, and you know, universities are so notorious for political correctness, safe spaces, trigger warnings these days. But I am politically correct in a weird oh. way. I in think what way? Because my. <laughs> If there were politics in all my movies, it's mind your own business. Don't judge yeah. other people unless you know the whole story. <laughs> Never be jealous. Yeah. Uh, a no is free. And just assume you're going to be able to accomplish what you can, even if it's against everything society believes in. Isn't that politically correct? <laughs> I guess so. Live and let live, pretty much. Yeah. 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 Now, the university, when they asked you, were you surprised? Did you ask them if they've seen any of your movies oh i knew they'd seen my movie i was mad no one had ever asked me before it was a racket i've been trying to get into for years commencement speeches the weirdest thing is after this came out and it was hugely successful no one still has asked me to do another one which i think that's so bizarre i thought i was going to get flooded i thought my price would go up yeah because this speech that you gave went viral i think yeah, it, it was did. all over Certainly the place. It was everywhere and so uh so i wonder now it's i'd be really hard to top it if someone did <laughs> ask me to do it i did get yeah. more uh when i did this i got a doctorate of fine arts award and i oh, really i got one later from the maryland institute of art in uh Baltimore afterwards and I got my first one though when I taught in prison at Patuxent Institute and when I taught there it was actually they got a real degree from a local college but I had no college degree so to teach there they gave me another lifetime achievement where that just means you're insane but got away with it. That's now, what a lifetime achievement award means. Yeah. Now, is that like it's an honorary degree yeah, from prison but, college? or No, I was honorary degree? from that college so I could teach there. Oh, so I could literally, I got a okay. paycheck from the state of Maryland to rehabilitating really? killers. Well? Right? No, no <laughs> one pays. No one, if you want to be rich or never, a teacher. Yeah. I mean, you know, except even though the academia. probably make more than teachers, actually. Uh, well, the prison guards don't make a lot either, I yeah. don't think. Uh, and it's really hard to tell the prison guards between the prisoners are kind of the same. It's just the same angle, a different way, you know. Yeah. That's why I started a gang. What did they make of you when you walked in They were in fine. There? Yeah. One, one of them said to me once, and I didn't get it, he said, got a little sugar in you i said what i didn't know what he was talking about oh oh i get it oh yeah 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 yeah. but i didn't know what he meant i hadn't heard that term you preface your speech by saying you were suspended from high school you were arrested a few times and you were kicked out of college for the first apparently marijuana scandal on a university campus is that true yeah it is at nyu in 1966 there's even a book about it called drugs on campus one and seven and my chapter is pot on the asphalt campus (laughs) and i actually went into the dormitory that where we were caught and thrown out of recently for the first time in 50 years it's from a university place in new york it was at (laughs) nyu it was so weird to walk back in there. You know, I remember my parents were so uptight and I'm jumping out of the car like Diane <laughs> Linkletter. I mean, it was really kind of, uh, but I remember it wasn't that horrible for me. They should have kicked me out. I never went to yeah. school. I stole books every day oh. in the bookshop and <laughs> sold them back to get money to the same bookshop and went to 42nd Street and went to see movies like Olga's House of Shame and The Undertaker <laughs> and His Pals. But I did get my education. Yeah. But then... You couldn't have, they wouldn't have let me make those movies. Today, they certainly, no college would have then. And today, yeah. they would, certainly. Mm-hmm. I think you could go to RISD and make a snuff movie and get an A. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. Well, with the trigger warning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to kill you, but I'm going to tell you right now that I'm going to do it. So if you can accept that. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's funny because what I found ironic about your speech and this book is that. You're famous for your culturally subversive movies, 
And yet this speech and this book are sneakily subversive in that here you are invited to speak to your people, creative types, designers, artists, and whatnot, and you're sitting here telling them, don't isolate yourself, don't hate rich people, work yeah. within the system. Yeah. Or they Sneak taken in the system. Yeah. No, because it's good advice. It uh, is good By advice. rich people, <laughs> I mean people, I'm rich because I've always said what rich is that you never have to be around assholes in your life. And <laughs> until, I have worked right except now. on planes. <laughs> on planes, you still can't avoid them. Yeah. But, but I nowhere in my life do I have to be around assholes. That's rich. <laughs> and poor to me is unopened to ideas. It's not mm. about money. It's, it's unaccepting, uncurious. And, and wanting to stay in your neighborhood and never leave it. Mm -hmm. So um, I have different meanings of what are poor and rich yeah. to me. But we can't hate all rich people. Who's going to buy our art? Who's going to back our movies? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know a lot of jerks that are poor. You also say, don't be an outsider. You say, I think something along the lines of, it's more original to be an insider in this day and age. Well, you used to, when I was young, I wanted to be an outsider, but no one wanted to be an outsider then. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you say today without any irony, that both Obama and Trump consider themselves outsiders. Huh. Yes, they do. I mean, I'm sure they do. And I... That would imply a certain degree of self-awareness on Trump's part, I think. But, <laughs> no, he believes he's an outsider, and he was. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, was yeah, he was to the political yes, system, yes. no matter what you to think of establishment, it. Yeah. So to me, it's much more devious to worm and sneak your way in as a mm -hmm. spy into <laughs> the real room where it happens, as they say, in mm -hmm. Hamilton... And screw it up, make it better, <laughs> and operate from within. Yeah. That is the goal today. We're not hippies anymore. That, that's over. <laughs> you know, all that yeah. stuff is kind of over. We lost the revolution, but we won influence, heavily mm. influence. We just got thrown out again. <laughs> so, I mean, but we got to sneak back in. Well, now I, it's like spy versus spy on Mad Magazine. Yeah, that's funny. That's the first time I've heard of spy versus spy in years. Oh, Mad Magazine was the very yeah. first rebellious thing I ever did. It's most yeah. people over 40s, very first yeah. rebellion they ever did was get Mad <laughs> Magazine. And they're still good. I saw a picture of Alfred E. Newman holding Tom Cruise's baby, and the headline was, What's me? No, what me sorry? <laughs> Isn't that the child's name? I thought that yeah. was really funny. I think they're still yeah, funny. Yeah, foldovers in yeah, the back. Alfred E. Newman. And then yeah. they had the girl, Alfreda E. Newman. I loved her. <laughs> I didn't even realize until recently, Alfred E. Newman was not a real person. No. I always assumed that no, that was, that was person. their mascot. It was just yeah. a, a person. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like Trump. <laughs> I mean, I think I went through part of my life thinking that it, it, Woody Allen was Alfred E. Newman before I really had ever seen a Woody Allen movie as a well, child. I can bet that... <laughs> Woody Allen liked Alfred E. Newman. You can yeah. be sure he liked yeah. Mad Magazine, definitely. Yeah. Well, now, it, Woody, uh, you know, used to do all of his movies in New York, and then he had this amazing second act late in yeah. life where suddenly he's going off to Paris and all these places. You have filmed every movie in Baltimore. You think you might have a similar second act where maybe you take off to Vegas I do have a second Rome? act, but it's books. Okay. You know, okay. because my last two books did great, and yeah, my last movie sure didn't. Did. So, But I'm a big fan of Woody. I was in one of yeah. his movies, Sweet and Lowdown. And, That's uh, right. And, and Woody that. has yeah. still the most enviable career of any American director. Mm -hmm. He just makes movie after movie after movie. If they're mm -hmm. hits or flops, it doesn't seem to matter, mm -hmm. really, to, the, to his... Uh, production yeah. schedule, which is pretty great. <laughs> I think Pedro Amadovar is the best director in the world, but I think Woody has the most enviable career, and I, I, I like his movies, too. Yeah, yeah, and we were just talking about sneaking in to the establishment. You tell the young people 
that they need to prepare sneak attacks on society. You cite hairspray as your best example. Now, did you ever imagine in your wildest dreams that there would be high school principals across the country who would be letting kids do John Waters movies? Or would be letting two John men sing a love song together or, yeah. or, or doing dialogue that encourages the white girls to date black guys. No, <laughs> it snuck in it, and mm-hmm. it still works. Mm-hmm. Republicans like Hairspray. George and Barbara Bush came to see it. We're doing the really? twist outside with drag queens. <laughs> so basically, I, you know, I, you, you never know that, that, that I have only done one subversive thing, and that's Hairspray, because <laughs> it has snuck in and continues mm-hmm. to sneak in middle America all over the world. And, <laughs> and no matter what your politics are, usually you, you like Hairspray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've yet to meet anyone who doesn't like Hairspray. Oh, I'm sure there are some, yes. Well, aren't, aren't they doing a live version pretty well, soon? Well, they just did one on just NBC. They did on NBC. That's yeah, right. Completely. That's right. A whole other version. Yeah. Never, you can't kill it. <laughs> Even the porn version. <laughs> now, are you very involved with the musical? or? Oh, and if the original music, I was very, very involved mm-hmm. uh, with the Hollywood movie. Each, each time the Xerox gets a little further away. But I was yeah. most he- very much involved in the musical. And I liked the movie they made. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm all for it. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I think it's... Uh, it seems like you can't even screw it up because mm. now a political correctness in all the high schools, all it's yeah. a skinny black girl plays Tracy. <laughs> and the kids don't notice. They don't care, which yeah. is the whole point yeah. of Hairspray. We're going to take a quick break, and then I'll be back with more with director John Waters when we come back in just a moment. Support for today's show comes from FilterBuy. Summer is on the horizon, which means it might be time to change your air filter. After all, you want to be sure your HVAC unit is working properly all season and that your energy bill is as low as possible. Thankfully, FilterBuy offers a wide selection of high-quality air filters in every MERV rating and over 500 sizes, including custom sizing, so you can find a filter for your HVAC unit, no matter its dimensions. Better yet, all orders ship within 24 hours direct from FilterBuy's U.S. factory to you, so you get the best price possible. No middlemen, no markups. Even shipping is free within the continental U.S., so breathe easy with a filter you can count on from FilterBuy. And now, for a limited time, our listeners can even get a 10% discount by going to filterby.com slash kick. That's filterby, spelled B-U-Y, dot com slash kick for 10% off your new air filter. As many of you know, I'm a voracious consumer of news, and I probably read at least a dozen newspapers and magazines a week, but those mountains of paper pile up on my desk, on my bed, and sometimes even on the floor. And all of that clutter can't possibly be good for the environment or my sanity. So I want to tell you how you can get 200-plus magazines without all the clutter. You know, at a time when it feels like it's never been harder to find the truth, supporting the free press is critically important. Thankfully, Texture gives you access not just to your favorite magazines, but also to some of the most credible publications in the world, such as Time Magazine, The New Yorker, Vanity Fair, and The Atlantic, all on your phone or tablet. Not to mention, with daily recommendations, exclusive interactive features, videos, and more, Texture makes it easy to find and enjoy the articles you want to read from all of your favorite magazines like Newsweek, Fast Company, and Entertainment Weekly. It's even searchable so you can mark what you like, check out back issues, or view bonus content. 
No wonder it's one of Apple's top 2016 iPad apps. And best of all, Texture is normally $9.99 a month for access to over 200 magazines. But if you sign up right now at texture.com slash kickass, you get a 14-day free trial. Why would you subscribe to just a couple of magazines when you can have all of your favorites all the time for way less? Just go to texture.com slash kickass for your 14-day free trial. That's 14 days to try Texture for free when you go to texture.com slash kickass. One more time, that's texture.com slash kickass. And now, enjoy the rest of the podcast. You kind of went from doing very low-budget indie films to doing oh, pretty, exactly. pretty low-budget Hollywood movies. Well, I didn't really still, sneak still, in Hollywood because low budget, I know they weren't. I mean, for me, they yeah. weren't. Certainly, $11 million was right. cry, maybe $13 right. million was yeah. Serial Mom. They were not low-budget to me at yeah. all. And then they weren't that low-budget in Hollywood. They were mid-budget. Yeah. Yeah, you know? Well, I guess in that era, those yeah. were not low-budget by no, Hollywood they were not. standards. Yeah. 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 yeah, But they weren't high-budget either. Yeah. And they're still playing. I mean, Serial Mom right. just came out again. Crybaby plays all the yeah. time on television, thanks to Johnny Depp, I think. <laughs> and uh, But who knows? We made a Broadway musical of Crybaby that failed. Yeah. And I think they did a beautiful job with it. I hope it gets revived one day. Well, do you consider yourself a Hollywood insider now? Do you consider can, yourself I've part of this ever- Hollywood establishment? No, but Hollywood point. has treated me fairly. I've had mm-hmm. three development, four development deals in the last decade that never happened, where they paid yeah. me Hollywood money. It was quite <laughs> fine. I don't have any complaints. Hollywood treated me fairly. That's the best game in town. The thing I learned a long time ago, the more money they give you, the more they're going to tell you what to do. You don't want anybody to tell you what to do? Go make a movie on your cell phone. It's yeah. just an algebra question, really. Yeah. More money equals more headaches. <laughs> I was just around here and yeah. looking at the, the uh, in L.A. today at the Black Tower, which used to be the Universal lot where oh. I would have oh, yeah, the infamous black different guy. fights there for the executives. I remember mm-hmm. once I'm saying, well, they wanted me to reshoot this whole ending of Serial Mom and everything. And I said, well, they said, I said, well, they said, if you don't do it, you'll never work again. And I said, well, if I do do it, I'll never work again because it'll ruin the movie. And they, in this town, I don't live here, so I don't care. But um, all those fights and everything, they, they fade away when you remember yeah. the movie got made. Mm-hmm. It's out. Some people like it, whether they remember it, whether it made money. It probably didn't, but mm-hmm. it didn't lose much, and it's probably, who knows, it's still playing. Yeah. Maybe they'll break even one day on, <laughs> on the ones that didn't. I certainly have tried. It's not yeah. like I haven't gone out there and tried to sell it. <laughs> yeah, and in those days, you're talking about Universal. Uh, where, when when we Universal talk, was not at the time. The Black Tower? Yeah, Universal it was, Which but Black that's Crybaby. But oh, I yeah. didn't have that much problems with that one. Okay. This was more Serial Mom, and then it was, I think... That got sold, or I can't remember. There was different arguments. Yeah. I remember meetings at the Black Tower were especially intimidating when you went in there. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, was this back when Lou Wasserman was still yeah, around? Yeah, they were all... Well, I saw him with those glasses. Yeah, 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 he's great. I mean, we <laughs> he didn't a have a lot in common. But no, he was not. I never fought yeah. with him. I didn't have anything yeah. to do with him. You know? And Brian Grazier, who was my producer, I got along great with him. He was mm-hmm. fine. I didn't have any... I, I don't, Where is he now? He's, he still has Imagine. Are you kidding? He's doing great. Whatever happened to that guy? No, he's doing great. Now, one of the things you say in the book is you warn that as you get older, you need youth spies to keep you abreast of culture and especially probably counterculture. Do you have youth spies? Oh, certainly. And, and what's something that they've turned you on to that wasn't oh. on your radar? Well, the entire Baltimore music scene, which is Future Islands and Beach House and uh-huh. uh, Dan Deacon and all them. I give them poppers when they tell me about new groups. <laughs> yeah. You have to pay them with something. <laughs> yeah. Poppers are good. Better than Bitcoin. 
<laughs> oh, I just knocked them on. You're on poppers. <laughs> I might be. <laughs> now, you also say that they should read. And somewhere I read that you, you have, I think, 8,000 books in your home. Yeah, what I like, do you to, like read. to read. Oh, everything. I like fiction. Yeah. I like biographies. I'm reading the new Jim Jones book right now about Jonestown. Oh, but, yeah. I'm um, supposed to interview that guy. Yeah. Um, so... You know, I read all sorts of things. I mean, I like mm-hmm. fiction. I think my, my column is in the New York Times this Sunday about all the books mm. I'm reading. Um, um, I, I read it relaxes me. Having a mm. TV on doesn't always, mm-hmm. but um, reading always does. And I never fall asleep when I'm reading. If it's good, I stay awake till four in the morning and then wake <laughs> up and start reading again. That must be tough because you say that you get up at 6 a.m. Yeah, yeah, every I do. day. So I don't try not to do yeah. that. I, I stop myself from reading and go to bed early because <laughs> Monday to Friday, I write every morning. Yes. Yeah, you're pretty disciplined. So 6 a.m. Monday. Monday to Friday. That's otherwise, not a typical artist schedule. Yeah. Otherwise, I have to go get a real job and yeah. get and take a bus somewhere and get dressed. This way, I can go into my underpants and think up weird things. It's not a hard job to be disciplined about. Yeah. Well, what do you do when you have creative block? I don't have creative block. No. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying I have days where I write something that I cut out later and it's mm-hmm. great. But I don't think I ever had a day where I just sit there and stare at a pad. Uh, the mm-hmm. best thing is right before you finish your writing day at the end, know what comes the next morning. Mm-hmm. Don't quite finish the paragraph <laughs> so you can start again. Well, I mean, I outline so. everything before. So I know yeah. pretty much before I write a okay. book, I've outlined the whole book. I spent yeah. six, eight months getting my notes together and everything. So once you write okay. it, and then you just get through the first draft and you think, oh my God, who wrote this <laughs> when you read it? And then you go back and rewrite and that's when real writing happens. But you don't ever have days where you're just sitting there waiting for inspiration I'm when all, you try to set yourself on a schedule no, like that? No, Inspiration to me is I have little boxes all over my mm-hmm. house with little notepads where I write down everything yeah. all the time for different projects. So <laughs> if, if you just go out or open your eyes or read mm-hmm. newspapers, there's things that inspire you to tell yeah. stories. Yeah, and that's another thing that comes up in the book is you tell people that they should go out and people watch. Sure. Get out in the community. Airports are happening. good. Just watch Airports. somebody, a plane let off and make up a... a fictitious biography five seconds on each person as they walk out the door and they get cuter you know first yeah. class is always ugly as you see the people get out the back the worst planners the one in the middle seat next to the bathroom are usually the cutest people on the airplane i don't know why that is poor planners are cute when you were young would you do that sit around baltimore well, on the street and watch people and make up when stories, i was really young stories when i was really young sure i watched people and i mm-hmm. read things and, and tried to find out about Worlds that made me uncomfortable, yes. <laughs> yeah, and apparently another thing that you did was you liked to play car accident. Yeah, I did. I loved it. My parents would say, no, we're giving you this little toy car. You're not going to break it, are you? And I'd say, no, I promise you I won't. Then take it out back, hit it with a hammer, and go, oh, my God, there's been a terrible accident. We have to tow it in. And I had this huge junkyard around a stump. And my parents didn't know what to do. My mother would take me to junkyards and let me walk around and look. And she'd have to say yeah. to the guy, my son really would like to look at it. And I would look in cars and think, oh, my God, there's been horror here. And now I would hate to be in a car accident. It's not my fear. Yeah. I never look. If I'm on a highway yeah. and I see a car accident, oh, really? I never you look at it. Neck. No, not at all. Then I think it'll happen to you if you look. Oh, okay. But you, you say in the book you don't believe in karma. I don't, because so many great <laughs> so people I know are work? dead, and how, and so many jerks I know are still alive. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just saying I don't believe those. <laughs> I just think it's bad luck if you look at something yeah. and think, oh God. Unless you think. Sometimes I like to read horrible things because then I think, well, at least it didn't happen to me. Yeah. That's why people like bad newspaper stories. Yeah. They think, oh, I had a boring day at work, but at least I didn't get, you know, <laughs> murdered or. 
Yeah, and I'm amazed that your mom and your, both of your parents really were so encouraging of all this. You, my mother a little more than my they dad. They weren't a little like, we don't quite get what's going oh, on with this kid. Oh, they were scared of me. They were scared of me. <laughs> yeah. But I was the first child, and I was born six weeks too early, so right okay. from the beginning there was trouble. <laughs> yeah, and this book is not just for students. It's for parents as well. You address them, and I think you give some of the best advice that I've ever heard for parents and kids. This is so beautifully worded. You say, the truce of maturity will come to families if every member is patient. I absolutely love that. And I've always been for verbal abuse whistles. You pass them <laughs> out to each person in the family. Mm -hmm. If anyone says anything, it'll all be if someone blows the whistle. <laughs> and if you have a family that's prone to that, by then everyone will start blowing the whistle and they'll start laughing and they'll watch what they say. <laughs> and if not, you just yeah. lick their chair when they're out of the room and then they sit back on and it's a curse and something bad will happen to them. That does work, especially at Christmas. <laughs> Well, one tidbit that you give that I found especially relevant in this hyperpolarized atmosphere, you say, listen to your political enemies, especially the smart ones, and then find a way to make them laugh. Has that actually worked for you? Yes, with certainly. The, I read the Wall Street opposites. Well, I read the Wall Street Journal's editorials every day because mm -hmm. usually I don't agree with them, but they're intelligently written. Mm -hmm. I know Trump supporters. I know Republicans, and. Um, Yes. If you start preaching, neither side's ever going to change their mind. Right. If you can make people laugh. And I always try to think, did Trump ever say anything funny? He did when he, I thought when he called Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas. I did think that was funny. <laughs> and she's never said a funny thing. But I, yeah. every single thing she says, I believe in. But she's no laugh riot. Let's yeah. put it that way. So, um, I, I, you know, I think... All of them need to make each other laugh. If we mm -hmm. could, and when Trump tries to, it's never funny. Yeah. That's the thing, you know. So yeah. um, I don't know. Humor is a tough thing. It, you can be yeah. bad at telling jokes, just like bad musical taste. It's all an impeachable offense. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Did you see when he gave that? What, what is the dinner that they do that the Catholic Archdiocese or whatever does in oh, New yeah. York every year? Yeah, and he sat and right he, next to. And what did he say? A joke about something. That, I forget. He bombed. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, each candidate comes, like this long-standing tradition since like Fiorello LaGuardia or something. Yeah, but then they're know. sitting next to the, yeah. you know, Pope or something, basically, yeah. that hypocrite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think you could probably even apply this to film. Um, in particular, I'm thinking of the Diane Linkletter story. Well, that movie a wasn't a real movie. That was like a joke we made when I had to test a camera. And <laughs> really? Diane Linkletter had supposedly committed suicide that day, even though it came out way later that um, she hadn't taken LSD that day. They blamed it on LSD, but right. she hadn't taken LSD for a year. Oh, and both Leary yeah. and, I mean, both Art Linkletter and yeah. Nixon yeah. semi-conspired to blame Leary for mm -hmm. the death of it. When right. um, it's very sad she committed suicide, but she hadn't taken LSD. Yeah, so you didn't have a political agenda. Start. Oh, off I with think that. we were you mocking. Were just we, we were mocking because we were on LSD then, so but, and knew <laughs> that we weren't jumping out the window. It wasn't yeah. all bad. <laughs> and then that led to a trend. The Coquettes made a movie called Trisha's Wedding <laughs> right afterwards that came out the exact moment that Trisha Nixon got married, mm -hmm. and it was all drag queens playing all the Republican <laughs> leaders. That's what we need today. Yeah. Terrorist humor. Yeah. Humor that you use to humiliate and embarrass the enemy. Mm -hmm. They can do it to us. We could do it to them. <laughs> Imagine a drag queen yeah. doing Hillary. None <laughs> ever have. You know what? You're right. <laughs> the, what Was that a start with, uh, what's her name, doing Sean Spicer now, maybe? Well, that was, that's a, a drag king. Step in king. the right direction. That was great. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. No, I think Saturday Night Live is actually the most effective anti-Trump mm. criticism today mm. going on at all. Yeah, because <laughs> everyone sees it and laughs. Yeah. Well, I'm curious how you view Trump 
in this whole phenomena? Are you upset that you know someone may be challenging your title as the king of bad taste, or, no, or does the I shit do it. stir and you kind of revel in the ridiculousness? No, I'm not happy in any way. Really? But Pence might be worse. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, although maybe not. Um, uh, no, I'm not happy about any of it. And I think the thing is that. He, I mean, his taste is, if you look at his furnishings in Trump Tower, yeah. are staggering, you know, yeah. how hideous. But it almost <laughs> looks like Jeff Koons did it. <laughs> but it's not that good because Jeff Koons has good taste. So um, it, it, the thing is, he does that with no irony. Yeah. He is a hair hopper. <laughs> he is the most nouveau riche kind of possible yeah. bad taste there could possibly be. Yeah. Is his taste, yes. <laughs> and and even the hair, I mean, you know, and even even the whole thing about the first lady, that's why I think drag queens mm-hmm. will do zombie Ivana Trumps, where they come out <laughs> and impersonate how she wanted to, she sued because she couldn't cash in on being first lady. Well, maybe, <laughs> suppose Jackie Kennedy had a line of sunglasses <laughs> or Betty Ford did non-alcoholic beer, you know, and drag queens from beyond the grave came out and did a pageant that would be good so there is some room for some new humor with trump you don't feel that it's stepping on your territory no, or I bad don't. taste becoming mainstream no it's none of that that's all sounds too good yeah you know i mean i think i don't even know if trump believes this. i mean at least he's yeah. met a gay person pence never has right right <laughs> yeah. he, he even his wife had straight beauticians straight <laughs> florists do their and floral work yeah and you can tell there i bet there's some bad flower arrangements in their house <laughs> you said that you haven't been invited to give a commencement this year is no there, is not there a one particular person. place you'd like to do Sing Sing would be nice. (laughs) Alcatraz. Yes, Sing Sing is still open. Okay, Alcatraz is not, right? No, Alcatraz is not. Alcatraz is long gone. But that's right. No, Um, San Quentin might be nice. You know, I mean, only because I don't know if they even have colleges there anymore. Well, you might get another honorary degree. From that'd be good from Sing Sing. (laughs) Well, you know, before we wrap up, I have to ask about the mustache. I don't think I've ever read an explanation of the origin story of your unique oh i wrote a whole lot mustache. about it in my book role models i wrote okay. the whole thing about it okay and i have uh, a theory can i give yeah, you my theory sure. first okay my theory is because i know that you love little richard my theory is that he inspired you of course he did. to go with the mustache yeah, i write about that. i've written all about that yeah, yeah. okay well i'm not he reading totally the right things did then. he totally did and the okay. platters before that and every store detective in 30s movies <laughs> okay. and uh and yeah, even what was today the, what was my the yes guy remember I the guy no but the he old had movies yeah yeah i remember him, but I I don't, did he have the mustache well similar yeah. Pretty close, I think. Um, my yeah. favorite thing, I was on a plane recently and a woman was staring at me. I thought, what's she going to say? And then she finally said, are you a magician? <laughs> that's my favorite thing. Because, brilliant. Yeah, because I thought, that's what she thinks. And I get why she said that. If I had a top hat and a rabbit in my lap, <laughs> it would look in character. Do you ever hate the attention and kind of wish you didn't have the mustache sometimes? No, except when I'm no. shoplifting. No, I'm just kidding. Um, today... No, I always could could go underground, and yeah. you know, if I shaved it off, I could. I mean, yeah. I almost had this commercial that offered me like a hundred thousand dollars to shave it off. I said, "Of course, I'll do it in one <laughs> second, But it fell through for some sort of insurance company. Oh, I thought, really? "Oh, I'll do that in a minute." <laughs> so it is grown. It's not yeah, drawn what do you on. Think? It's a little okay. drawn on. It's called a pencil mustache. Oh, You've okay. never right. met a person unless they're from Zorba the Greek's family <laughs> yeah, that, that could grow, grow a mustache that thick like and that. Thin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. no, it's there. I have to do it every day. It's gotten grayer. 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So you might need. A, I tried okay. to get the Maybelline ad forever. I wanted to do that. <laughs> Maybelline, the eyebrow pencil that doesn't come off when you're getting off orally. <laughs> come on. I even thought up the campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. See, I can't do that. I would love to be able to try yes, that. Yes, you could. No, see, I have a mustache, but I it doesn't it. grow that close Just to my lip. Just get a little pencil. But you shave up in the middle there, don't you? Right. Oh, oh, right. oh, that, but, okay, yeah. that's why it doesn't <laughs> okay. grow up, because you shave there. Oh, okay. Okay, well. The, <laughs> try it. Just go uh, home tonight, put a little pencil on there, and you'll see okay. it perk right up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't even know what that means now. But. Well, all women must have mustaches. Why else do they have two whole counters of hair removal project pro- right. products in the women's section? All mm. women have beards. They just don't tell us. Well, again, the book is called Make Trouble. It's a great gift for the graduate in your family right now about graduation time. John Waters, thanks so much for talking. Thanks for me. having me. Well, I hope you enjoyed the show. You know, folks, as weather heats up, it might be time to start thinking about changing your air filter. Thankfully, FilterBuy offers a wide selection of high-quality air filters in every MERV rating. And with over 500 different sizes of filters, you're sure to find a filter for your HVAC unit. And now, for a limited time, get 10% off when you go to filterbuy.com kick. That's filterby, spelled B-U-Y, dot com, slash kick. Thanks again to the hilarious John Waters for joining me on the podcast. You can order his new book, Make Trouble, on Amazon, or download the audio version for free at audibletrial.com, slash kickassnews. And just a reminder, it makes a terrific little gift for the graduate in your family. And if you're a John Waters fan, visit the comprehensive John Waters fan site, at dreamlandnews.com. Be sure to subscribe to Kick-Ass News on iTunes and leave us a review while you're there. Don't forget to take our listener survey. It only takes five minutes at podsurvey.com kick. You can visit Kick-Ass News on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at at kickassnewspod. And be sure to recommend Kick-Ass News to your friends on your social media. And if you really want to help out, then donate to our GoFundMe campaign at GoFundMe.com slash KickAssNews or click on the donate button at KickAssNews.com. As always, I welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions at comments at KickAssNews.com. For now, though, I'm Ben Mathis, and thanks for listening to Kick-Ass News. Kick-Ass News is a trademark of Mathis Entertainment, Inc.